I'm Arielle. And I'm Ian, and we host Geek in the Streets. A podcast where we share knowledge with each other on different geek and nerd topics. Which for October will be all about your favorite spectacular subjects, starting now. Welcome to Geek in the Streets, I'm Ian. And I'm Arielle. And this is a podcast for the geek and the nerd subjects you love as if you are part of the conversation. And Arielle, what are we talking about today? We're going to try something a little different today. We're not necessarily doing geeky or nerdy, we're kind of sticking to our spooky October theme. And we're going to discuss vampires in popular culture Ooh. with focus on the geeky, nerdy media more specifically, but just kind of across the board in general. All right. Looking forward to it. Yeah. So I thought we'd start with a little bit of where did the lore slash the myth of vampires come from in real life history? You know, what made them this symbol of our, you know, things that go bump in the night, kind of the more scary lore of Our things. Our deepest, darkest desires. Yeah. So I did get some of this information from history.com, just to quote my sources for once. So the definition of a vampire that they offer on their site is that a vampire is an evil mythological being who roams the world at night and feeds on people's blood. So they, use, they drain their victims using their sharp teeth and they kill them or they turn them into vampires as well as them. So I have a question. How have you always pictured a vampire draining blood? Like in my mind, and I know this is not the correct way, it's like they poke with their teeth and then their teeth are like little drinky straws. <laughs> Okay, when I was a little kid, that's what I thought. But they definitely use their teeth to, to poke. puncture and then laugh. And then they suck the blood out. Oh, they out. suck. They so suck, yeah. They... So I'm talking full lip coverage of the wound, sucking it out okay. of the two holes. Because like a vampire bat punctures and then like laps it, you know, but that's a vampire bat. Now, my opinion... Those are real life. Going back to what you were saying about like uh, kill them or turn them into vampires, if they suck all the blood out... It kills them. Yeah. But if they suck like half of it out, they become vampires. Well, no, there's a lot of different lore based on who you're reading for that. Okay, it's That's true. Most commonly, it's that they, you either, they suck your blood and then they give you a little of their blood and that makes you a vampire. Okay. Or sometimes, like you said, it's that they drain you, but not all the way. Or in like vampire diaries, it's like you die with vampire blood in your system and then you have to drink human blood. And often that is the final step of your transformation is to drink human blood. Yeah, you so we're talking live without it. I think what we just did was we mashed up and rice, vampire diaries, and a little bit of uh, midnight mass in there. Didn't well, I was we? saying there's, there's different ways. Absolutely. That, that and they, they do have like a common, yeah. you know, but. Yeah. One of the common things that we see across the board, too, is that they're usually weakened by sunlight and they hunt at night. I think that's because everyone's afraid of the dark deep down. Um, some lore does say they can turn into a bat or even some ancient lore says they can turn into a wolf, not a werewolf. Um, they often are seen as super strong and kind of they have that like hypnotic, like sensual effect on their humans, which is their prey. You know, they're often seen as beautiful creatures that you can't seem to say no to. Um, a curious one that I'm not sure where these in particular come from is, you know, that they can't see the reflection in mirrors, they cast no shadows, and that garlic repels them. I think those come from uh, a later, down in your notes, I did see you mentioned Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yeah. So I think a lot of that was him taking other lore from, you know, the Transylvania area and mixing it in. Well, and for all your evils of lore, you have to have, how do you repel them, right? Because if you're going to make us scared as humans, you have to give us a way to protect ourselves. That's kind of the way right. the world works. 
So where did these thoughts really come from? Where did the idea of vampirism get its roots? Um, the, the superstition about vampires was huge back in the Middle Ages. Everyone's heard about the plague. It killed a lot of people. And it often would leave behind bleeding mouth lesions on its victims. So people, when they died, would have blood around their mouth. Um, so that's one thing that people think kind of transformed into this thought about vampires. Some researchers think it could have been a blood disorder called porphyria, which can cause severe blisters on the skin, uh, actually after you've been exposed to sunlight. Um, They thought that might have something to do with it. Interestingly enough, in my research, it said that uh, apparently some of the symptoms could be relieved by consuming blood. And I think that was the increased iron that comes from blood consumption. Mm, Okay. Uh, And then some people actually think that rabies or like a goiter could have been mistaken for vampirism. I could see how rabies could because when you turn rabid, you know, you can't swallow, you're frothing at the mouth, you're erratic. Um, I think you are a little light sensitive sometimes. Um, You know, a lot of mental disorders were uh, misclassified back then that some people like schizophrenia, they could have seen that as being... Um, you know, a, a form of vampirism. We don't really know, but they. one thing that was pretty common is when they suspected someone of being a vampire, after they died, they would dig up the body and look for signs of vampirism. Um, and they actually began the practice of driving a stake through the heart to keep them dead. That's kind of where the lore of, like, you can kill a vampire with a wooden stake through the heart uh, came from. They also would sometimes decapitate or burn the dead people. Yeah, and continuing on that theme is lots of times when they would dig people up, they would notice signs of what they thought were continual well, yeah, life say that after someone had died. So yeah. getting into that next? Yeah, yeah. So one thing you were talking about, and I think, are you thinking of it from the, the lower podcast? Yes. Yeah. So a very famous case of this was actually a real-life person. Her name was Mercy Brown. She lived in Exeter, Rhode Island in the 1800s. Um, a lot of her family died of tuberculosis, and her dad lived. She didn't, but her dad lived. The community ended up blaming her family for the deaths uh, as it spread through the town. So more people got infected. They died. So they decided that the Brown family was the root of the cause, and more specifically, Mercy was the you know person who made it happen. So when they exhumed her, her body did not show any severe signs of decay mainly because it was in an above-ground vault in winter. Um, So they thought she was actually infecting people from beyond the grave, uh, which is awful what they did next. They uh, cut out her heart, burned it, and fed it the ashes to her sick brother who, guess what, he died. Yeah, but I wasn't just going to say that. Oh, you weren't? Okay. No, so uh, things such as your skin, as it dries up, begins to recede. And so your nails look like they grew, and it looks like if you're a man that your beard grows a little bit more because, Mm. you know, the hairs that's already in your beard, your skin recedes from that, and it looks like these things grow. Um, Also, you know, around the lips, uh, you know, some recession there, so it looks like you're flexing your teeth like you just were about to bite something. Um, And then also gases build up in your stomach, which when they dig these people up, they disturb it. And then the gases would escape through the vocal cords Mm. and they'd make an audible sigh. So all of that were signs of undeadness, but really it was just natural decomposition. Yeah, it's just not an understanding of science, huh? Yeah. So one other person to talk about in history that has to go hand in hand with vampires is Vlad the Impaler. 
do you want to talk about him or do you want me to do my little notes first? Oh, yeah, do your notes. Okay, so it's believed that Bram Stoker named Count Dracula after Vlad Dracul, who was a real person who was born in Transylvania, uh, which is in Romania. Is it a real place still? Yes, real still? place. It's not, I didn't know. Okay, anyways, he ruled in Romania off and on from the 1450s to the 1460s. He got the nickname the Impaler because he liked to impale his enemies on wooden stakes. Uh, but he did fight off the whole Ottoman Empire successfully. He kept them out of Transylvania and, Ro- and Romania. Um, and supposedly he would dine on, like, dine amidst his, like, dying foes, and then he would dip his bread in their blood, supposedly. Yeah, and I think... Allegedly. Yeah, th- there's a lot of allegedly in there, because uh, at that time, I don't think it was uh, a crazy notion to play up your ruler. Mm-hmm. Our ruler's so good... That not only does he impale everybody, he uh, dips his bread in their blood. So be super scared and don't come to Transylvania and try to take us over, okay? Yeah. Yeah, because I don't, I don't think it was like a very big... Romania was, is not a like huge country, right? Right, right. Yeah. It was, But uh, at the time, it was much more powerful. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I mean, like size-wise, like yeah. compared to like the Ottoman Empire, which is like... Absolutely. Hugely spread, right? Yeah, and Vlad definitely, I think... Uh, the his connection to vampires does come mostly, like you said, from Bram Stoker. Um, just picking the name and being like, "That sounds cool," because Dracul uh, is dragon. So oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, there you Son go. Son of the dragon, I think that means. Oh. Or something like Some, that. Something like that. I thought that was Dovahkiin. Mm, Dovahkiin. <laughs> uh, so then there are apparently some. Uh, real-life people who identify as vampires nowadays. Uh, There are some people who practice vampirism, and they consume the blood of willing donors for various health reasons. That's all I got on that. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say what we know now about uh, medical science, I think, would negate the choice to be a vampire. In my personal opinion, like... Blood doesn't really do anything for you when you consume it. I also just yeah, because it's just you're you're just gonna digest it. Especially human blood, it's much more um, common to get like illness and disease and prions or whatever that you know all that stuff from uh, the same animal as you, which is why like cannibalism is never a good idea. I was gonna say I'm pretty sure you count as a cannibal if you eat other people's blood. Yeah, and uh, even if they're willing. Absolutely, and it's funny to me because I think so much of like vampire lore and things of that nature rely on uh, the mystical side of things, and if you remove that, uh, it just doesn't have the appeal, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, blood can be very bad for you. Yeah. Also, I wonder if you do they sterile? Do they cook it? Like, is it boiled for safety, or is it just like eating blood? No. You know what? I once saw this documentary. It was on the History Channel, and it was talking about a group of modern vampires that played the game Vampire the Masquerade, which, like, upped the goth quotient in the 90s, like, 100,000%. But it was, uh, they had this guy on there who did exactly what you're talking about, Mm -hmm. and they would do it safely, but, of course, it was just, you know, him, you know, sterilizing, having sterilized needles and drawing the blood from his person, or he would make a razor incision on their back and, and drink blood out of them. And I'm like, still not safe enough for me. It makes me think of South Park when Butters thinks he's a vampire. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so anything you want to say about the history of vampires before we get into more of vampires in literature? Uh, no, not really. Nothing. Do you think they're real? Um, I don't want to say yes or no because I would be scared to be wrong and then have been proved wrong by a vampire like i don't want to meet a vampire you know this about me i you don't, don't like to put say, that out in the universe yeah i don't like to say there are no ghosts i don't like to say there are <laughs> no supernatural beings because i don't want to be the person to have a 
run in with one. Oh man, you know, like my whole thing is I think if I ran into a vampire, I'd really try, I'd be like, look, we can figure this out. Immortality sounds great. Let's yeah. figure this out. Yeah, I mean, the immortality side, uh, so let's say that real quick before we get into it. Would you want to be a vampire? Like if you were presented with an opportunity to be a, a classic vampire, would, and it, even if it meant that you had to exist on human blood or blood in general, would you be a vampire? Oh, yeah. I think, you know, in terms of the horror kind of different subsets, you know, your werewolves, your vampires, your oh, I'd zombies. I'd much rather be a vampire than a werewolf. Well, yeah, but, but my whole thing is I always have felt like the noble vampire, like, that's the coolest. That's yeah. the coolest it gets. Yeah. Well, so, yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. If I, it's like, oh, you got to drink blood. I do what these people are doing. I find willing participants and uh, yeah, I'd, I'd totally probably be, be more a like a Cullen family where I like try to live off some sort of animal's blood, you know? I'd be like Blade, you know, like half vampire and half fighting vampires. Well, why would you want to fight your own people? I don't know. It just okay. sounded cool. Okay. Well, I always said before that if there's a zombie apocalypse, I just want to be a zombie. I don't want to. I don't want to survive. And I'll be the vampire lord of all you zombies. Wait, now we're mixing vampires and zombies. We can do it. All right, let's go to break. We're getting off track here. Let's do it. <laughs> the Geek in the Streets podcast is supported by the Geek in the Streets podcast and listeners like you. Well, not yet. And we are back. <laughs> That's a stereotype, Ian. Oh, I'm sorry. We're back. <laughs> well, let's get this over. When I say vampire... I say Dracula. <laughs> you, okay. I thought that's what we were doing. We're chanting. So Dracula is obviously Dracula. what you think of, right? Oh, we're not doing... Okay, yes, Dracula. <laughs> so uh, you would think Dracula would have been the first vampire we saw on screen... He is one of the first vampires written in literature, but the first vampire actually seen on screen is Count Orlok from the Nosferatu 1922 movie. Uh, everyone knows that, even if you've never seen it like me. You know, he's the really grainy black and white vampire with like the long teeth, you know, popping out of a coffin or something. Yeah, and I'd say by our standards, uh, pretty dorky looking. Yeah, pretty dorky. So he is the oldest and most iconic image of a vampire that's been committed to screen. But I would venture a guess that the, the vampire mania probably started with Dracula. Right. And in my mind, um, I could have mentioned this in the previous section, but we'll get to it now. The idea of the Dracula that almost has that superhero power set, mm -hmm. um, that vampire has that, uh, that's Dracula. And because a lot of like old folk tales, like all across the world, there's different types of vampirism. But it's like this one being that does this one thing. And it's mm -hmm. not like they're superheroes, right? Yeah. And Dracula seems to be where they put it all together. And he's like a super, well, villain. Yeah. So it is Dracula was a novel written by Bram Stoker in 1897, so quite a long time ago. I believe it's called an epistolary novel. Yeah, so it's it's a novel that's written as a series of letters. So it's basically letters and newspaper clippings all concerning Dracula. There's not a single protagonist either. It follows the adventures of Count Dracula as, like you said, the supervillain. Starts in his castle in Transylvania, and then he kind of moves to a seaside town in England. He's eventually hunted down and killed by Abraham von Helsing. I didn't know his first name was Abraham. Neither did I. I, I could have. That could be a typo. 
So basically, Bram Stoker gathered like hundreds of pages of uh, notes based on Transylvanian folklore and history for the novel, and he kind of came up with this story. Um, Some people actually argue that Dracula is based on a countess named Elizabeth Bathory from Hungary, who was allegedly a serial killer, and she killed like hundreds of girls and women. Yeah, her thing was to bathe in the blood of virgins, I believe, to Mm -hmm. keep herself young. Yeah, yeah, I think you're totally right with that. So that's where some some scholars argue that's where the idea came from. Blood, immortality. I don't know about that, though. To me, that sounds like a after the fact, putting it onto the Dracula story mm-hmm. and saying this works rather than looking at Bram Stoker's notes. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so there are a lot of different adaptations of Dracula. Like we said, it's probably the most popular vampire story is Dracula. So right. um, some of the more famous ones, we have Bela Lugosi's Dracula from 1931. The original, we're going to watch it this year. Yeah. Anything you want to say about it? Uh, it's black and white. It's fantastic. It's very old school. And if I'm correct, it predates movie scores. So mm-hmm. the music that you hear in it is like, you're like, oh, that's a Dracula score. And it's like, no, that's just some like Chopin piece or whatever oh. thrown in there. Interesting. So then uh, we have the horror of Dracula, which was in 1958. And actually Christopher Lee, a.k.a. Saruman, was uh, Dracula. Do you know that? I did. Have you seen that one? I have not seen okay. that one. So then you have Bram Stoker's Dracula. Uh, which was made in 1992 with Gary Oldman as Dracula. I've definitely seen that one. Love Gary Oldman. I've never seen that one. I am curious about it, but I've never seen it. You want me to tell you my hot take? Yeah. Everyone absolutely loved this movie. Um, I don't. I think it's okay. Um, It's very, like, weird and psychedelic in its imagery and, like, I don't know. I just think it's too out there. You I know? will say the age difference between Gary Oldman and um, Winona, Winona Ryder kind of weirded me out a little bit. That, it's supposed, but to I mean, be like I guess that. he's a vampire, so like I was say, it's, it's probably like more realistic. Of years. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and then some other ones I included: Count Chocula. You know, he's a he's a spinoff of Dracula, the serial. I'm familiar. Uh, and then the Count from Sesame Street. I'm familiar. Yeah. I'm sure there's some other ones that I forgot in there, but anything else you want to say about Dracula? Yeah. Dracula to me is like the mega boss of all vampires. And so every other vampire is just trying to live up to the legacy that Dracula has left behind. Um, Yeah. Everyone's a mini boss. He's the big bad boss. The big bad boss. So uh, next I wanted to talk about Interview with the Vampire, because I'd say that's a pretty big modern day telling of of the vampire story. It was a novel published by Anne Rice in 1976, and it tells the story of a vampire named Louis de Pointe du Lac. As he gives his story to a reporter in New Orleans, um, there is a 1994 movie with um, Tom Cruise, Brad Pitt, Kirsten Dunst, Antonio Banderas, and a lot more. And now there's a series on AMC. So I hadn't seen this movie until I was like in college, and I love this movie. I made Allison watch it with us a couple years ago, but love this movie. I like this movie quite mm-hmm. a bit too. This is a vampire movie I do come back to. Uh, yeah, I will I'll- say I've never read the book, but I am curious. Yeah, neither have I. I've never read Anne Rice, but now, it's supposed to be good. I will say another reason I wanted to include it is I think a lot of modern day vampire lore comes directly from Anne Rice, like uh, True Blood, and we're going to talk about these, and Vampire Diaries, and them being so prominent in New Orleans, and you know, a lot of the like the intricacies of being a vampire the, come from this story. The rules, the regulations, yeah. the nobility, the you uh this is how a vampire is meant to go about this world. Mm-hmm. There's councils, all that to me is like Anne Rice's 
contribution that right. everybody draws from. Yeah. So I think she had a really big um, part in the modern day vampire story. Uh, speaking of even more modern, we're going to talk about the Twilight series, Ian's absolute favorite. No, I'm just mm. kidding. Uh, written by Stephanie Meyer. Of course, there are the novels and then there are the books. Uh, yeah, same thing. The movies. I will say that uh, I love Twilight, so sorry, come at me if you will. Uh, I love Twilight. I was a young girl when I first was introduced to Twilight, so it was made for, you know, for to appeal to people like me. I think it brought vampires being sexy into a light. I mean, if you remember, there was a huge vampire and werewolf boom right after Twilight because everybody was obsessed with, you know, Edward Cullen and, and Jacob Black and everything. So it, it was a pretty big uh, renaissance for vampires, if you will. Yeah, and um, I would say not everything has to be for me, yeah. you know. And I think this Twilight series represents that. But that being said, I did not see or interact or read the books with the Twilight series until we moved in together. And I must say uh, I was uh, underwhelmed at the... Um, I thought... I was going to hate it more, you know, and I was like, it's not bad. It's just not for me. It's like the more focusing on the romance and the teenage aspect of it. Not as much for me because I've told you this and we're going to get to this later. Um, Underworld came out around the same time. And so when I want, you know, vampires and werewolves, for me, it was Underworld. But I could totally see for somebody else, it's Twilight. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, even though it's not as much my style. I definitely don't think it deserves the hate that it got. I think the it does add some fun things to vampire lore too. Like, for instance, the vampires in Twilight. If you had any like inclinations or abilities as a human when you become a vampire, they're heightened. You know, so like if yeah. you were like really good at dealing with people, maybe you could you know change people's moods. Or if you were you know really pretty, now you're even prettier. You know, and so I thought that is kind of a cool take on it. Yeah. And yeah. the fact that they don't eat human blood, they eat, you know, animal blood. So then it makes them more likable, Ian, and not villains. There we go. Okay. So here we come to the more nerdy side of things, as promised. Um, vampires in comics. You know, both Marvel and DC have a vampire world and storyline. So let's start with Marvel. Let's do it. Marvel has a lot of vampires and vampire-related comics slash content. Um, the concept of vampires in Marvel was... First introduced in the comic called Marvel Mystery Comics number 35 in September 1942, so pretty early. And apparently they originated in Atlantis. Do you have anything sure. to say I mean, about that? 1942 is before Marvel existed, and they used to have Marvel books. We've talked about it on previous podcasts, you know, where the Human Torch and the Submariner were kind of the first seen as Marvel characters just a few years prior to this. Um, originated in Atlantis? Okay. Sure. Have, have not read comics from 42, so I couldn't tell you. Oh, okay. Uh, so interestingly enough, they do have supernatural roots, but there's also like biological roots to them. So, you know, victims who are converted to vampires are made so via enzymes in the vampire's saliva. So it's a little bit scientific, too. A little bit underworldy. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that later. So, of course... Dracula is a is a character in Marvel Comics, and he's just straight up Dracula, huh? Yeah, straight up Dracula. Yeah, uh, Moon Knight has a lot to do with him, right? He, uh, he owns Moon Knight money. 
Yeah, okay, there you go. I didn't <laughs> he owed some money? No, there's that's always a meme I see on the internet about Moon Knight saying like Dracula owes me money. Oh, interesting. You've never seen that? No. I see it all the time on the internet. Uh and so then there's Morbius, and everyone knows about Morbius right now. Um Morbius's first appearance was in the Amazing Spider-Man number one oh one in October nineteen seventy one. Um, you want to talk about Morbius? Because yeah. we did watch the movie. That was a time in Spider-Man comics where uh there was more of the genetic interplay going on with mm-hmm. Spider-Man. So this was six arms. Spider-Man, so he had four extra human arms that popped out, so then it looked like he had eight legs. Uh, This was prior to him becoming Man-Spider, but Morbius was a character who also had genetic tampering involved to create a vampire-like creature, but it wasn't like being bit by a Dracula, it was genetic tampering. Mm. And uh, you want to say anything about the movie while we're here? Because I don't think we're doing a podcast on it. No. It was, I'll say, it was a movie. It was a movie. It got made. Had Jared my favorite Leto actor in it. Was in it, and so was That's Matt Smith. Sarcastic. Actually, our two favorite actors, Jared Leto. Oh, I'm and not going to dog on Matt Smith though. What? I'll dog on Jared Leto. You were talking on Matt. Now, House of the Dragon has changed you on. No, Matt I'm Smith? just like you know. I I feel like he's a. He is uh, a good actor. Yeah, he is. A, he is a good actor, but. But no, I did not enjoy Morbius. I, it felt like a movie that was made in 1999. It honestly was a really bad movie. When we watched it, you're like, it's not that bad. It's it's pretty bad. It's pretty yeah. unwatchable. It's not. It's not horrible. It's like. Again, the great. biggest crime is that it feels like a movie before the boom of comic book movies. It feels like um, an early Daredevil, you know? Yeah, like yeah. Anyway, so let's go. keep moving. We got Blade, who is the vampire hunter. His first appearance was in the tom- Tomb of Dracula, number 10, July 1973. He's actually was called, a, I'm going to say this wrong, a, a Dampier? Dampier. Dampier, uh, which is basically like a human-vampire hybrid. He, this was actually a retcon. I don't think he was originally that, right? And so he's like a human-vampire hybrid who hunts other vampires. Yeah, yeah. So um, my friend Mike has all the Tomb of Dracula uh, original run, uh, and I want to get it from him. And that was back in the day when you could, I think he bought the whole thing off eBay, and it was before the like comics were like a mm-hmm. uh, uh, speculator market on eBay. Mm-hmm. So you used to get these insane runs. I remember I like got the beginning of the Nightwing run on The Outsiders, like all of it. Really? And it was just like you'd go on eBay and it'd be like, hundred dollars and you'd be like for a hundred comics you'd be like wow yeah so uh but he has all those i need to get them one day i'll be honest i've never seen the blade movies oh we should talk about the blade movie because without the first blade movie uh a lot of people think marvel studios wouldn't exist because they um a blade was definitely a horror movie and it wasn't the one responsible for creating the boom of superhero movies that being said it is the real first marvel movie in the modern era that created any sort of buzz. Yeah. And kind of a bummer that the new movie who I think, um, it's going to be, it looks like it's going to be really good. is has kind of been put on, put back a little bit now, right? There's been some, been put on hiatus. The director left. They better not lose the star. Yeah. Yeah, Mahershala Ali. Yeah, he's really good. They better not lose him. Yeah, he's he's really good. And I think he's like perfect casting for Blade. Like he's going to knock it out of the darn park. So hopefully that gets up and running you know, soon and and everything gets figured out there. Um, I also heard that there is a vampire in X-Men named Jubilee. Oh, this was a retcon. I heard a lot of people weren't happy about this. I read this (laughs) storyline. So like when they don't know what to do with a character, because Jubilee, she came on board as like this Carrie Kelly knockoff from Dark Knight Returns, but then she was like this spunky 80s kid. Mm -hmm. Well, I should say 90s really. And like, 
once she outgrew that, she became like an elder member of the younger X team, but then they wanted to like send her back. And next thing you know, they're like, oh man, we have no idea what to do with this character, Vampire. And you're like, what? Yeah. What? It didn't work. Not at all. Zero percent. I did read people were mad about that. So it's funny to hear that you are too. Uh, Then anyone else in Marvel that I forgot? I mean, there's a lot of like vampire storylines. There's a ton. We don't need to. We'll do a separate podcast on Marvel's vampires someday in the future. Okay. And so then let's talk about DC. There are um, like several vampires. They consider them a subset of the quote undead sector. Uh, Some of the ones that I found. And if you want to like throw something in there about them as I read it off, that's cool. Looker, Andrew Bennett, Kane, Mary, Queen of Blood, Nocturna, Roderick, Dax Nove, and Scream Queen. None of those ring a bell to you? Not really. They all sound all right. like Legion characters. And I'm oh, like, yeah. What? Legion of superheroes? Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. So you don't really know anything about the I don't DC really know vampires? much about... Uh, I would say there's less vampirism in DC comics in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, there have been like some Batman crossover comics you know, with more um dracula vampire Mm. type things but now that i think of it none really stick out in my head and i know like in a week i'm gonna be beating myself and taking a note in my phone for something i have to say on the 100th episode okay so let's talk about this one i put on just for you ian uh the castlevania series so i haven't played those what (laughs) so it's a series of video games but there's also an animated show on Netflix and also an animated movie, which I did watch that one. It was really good. But get in there. First of all, if you think this is taking the place of the Castlevania podcast, soon to be coming in the oh next gosh. two years. Wait, no, there's not a movie. I was confused, huh? There's just the animated series. Well, there's there's many iterations. Okay. But uh, I started playing when I was a kid, Castlevania Two: Simon's Quest. That is probably Simon's my face. favorite one. Uh, but some notable entries, you know, the first Castlevania is great. Your antagonist is almost always Dracula, but not always. Uh, and then, you know, it's the probably Super Castlevania on the Super Nintendo, super popular. You just uh, said super like six times. I know, it's on purpose. <laughs> and then uh, on PlayStation, you had Symphony of the Night featuring Alucard. Can you tell me what Alucard is backwards? Dracula. There you go. And he became That's a major sun, player. Right? Yes. Yeah. Spoiler, sorry. And then, oh, speaking of spoilers, if you have not played the Lords of Shadow series on Xbox, big spoiler here. First of all, fantastic series. Uh, the protagonist, who I think is Gabriel Belmont, ends up becoming, uh, they're like redid the story to where he becomes Dracula. Mm. And so you really are following Dracula's story in those games. And they do it very, very well. Um Kind of making him God's chosen one, but in a way using the power of the devil to get there. Uh, and then, you know, we have the Castlevania series, which in my mind, I'm putting it's it... It's like an anime kind of, It's right? an anime, yeah. and I'm putting it on record right here. Best adaptation of a video game to another medium really? ever. Not, yeah. Uh, babe, over The Witcher. Okay, Witcher's going to give it a big run for the money. <laughs> They're both Netflix good shows. Good job, Netflix. If we're yeah. going to argue, let's argue over the same parent company. Yeah, yeah. So good okay. job, Netflix. I yeah. didn't think about that. I know. I. But okay, before Witcher, because it came out before, came out before Witcher. Before. Do you want to uh, say it's like the best animated one then? Best animated one by okay. far. All right. And great series. I cannot get enough of it. 
And uh, there's also been some Castlevania comic books as well. Oh, really? That I've read. Yeah. yeah. Based well, off this whole series and lore. Very big series. Who, do you know who they... Is it like an independent It's company? like an independent okay. thing, yeah. I have a couple lying around here somewhere. Very cool. Uh, so then I was just going to kind of blow through some other ones. I mean, vampires are everywhere, but I thought these ones we just kind of... I don't have much in-depth detail. Sure. Um, there's Dark Shadows, which okay. is like an old movie, a new movie, and like a TV show. I haven't... Have you seen that movie yes. with Johnny Depp? No, well, this or is what original. I'll say. The original Dark Shadows was kind of an anthology show, mm-hmm. but its most popular run was the one with Barnabas Collins, who was the vampire. When they rebooted it in the late 80s, early 90s, that's the one I watched. Mm-hmm. It was like a soap opera. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did read about uh, that. Mm-hmm. That one was strictly Barnabas Collins because they were like, that's what everybody loved. And then the movie Tim Burton was kind of like a camp version mm-hmm. of that. Never seen that movie. Uh, speaking of camp versions, we have uh, What We Do in the Shadows, which was a movie by Taika Waititi and is now a TV show. Um, the movie is hilarious. If you have not watched it, very good. it's so funny. You should watch it. We watched it with my brother. Absolutely hilarious. I've heard the show is pretty good, too, though. I don't think it's the... Is it the same characters? I know it's not the same actors, but is it the so, same characters? Someone spoiled for me that the characters do come into the show. Oh, so it's Tiger not the same in? characters. Uh. It's not... Well, I don't know if all of them do. Okay. But apparently... There are some people who say the show is better than the movie. Oh, I don't know. That, I don't that know movie because, is so funny. But yeah. I will... We will try the show eventually. But absolutely. that movie is absolutely hilarious. Mm-hmm. Sleeper hit. Uh, just like all the type of stuff. Um, then going back to the 90s... Uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, you know, there were obviously vampires in there, like Angels one, right? Inspired. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, no, Angels and Angel. No, no, no. You're talking about the show. There was a movie, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, that predated the show. Did you know that? Uh, you told me that. She before. caught a fly with chopsticks, I think, in that was movie. Was it still Sarah Michelle Gellar? No, oh. different actress. Uh, and the show was kind of like continuing that story or okay. like a reboot Did or you something. Did you watch that show? Uh, here and there, yeah. Okay. I, I tried to watch it uh, a couple of years ago, like, because I'd never seen it. It's not one of those, like, if you've never watched it, I don't, I don't know that you can... It's not... I don't think it's... E- it's dated. Can I, I'm trying to say. can I say something? Yeah. Even at the time, I found all the main characters to be unlikable. Really? Oh, yeah. I didn't Even like Buffy? Seth Green. I didn't like Willow. Dude, but it, like, it... it Buffy was kind of so cool. many careers, I would say. It did, it? which I is mean, crazy to me, because I found all of them to be obnoxious on that show. I like the guy who, uh, I think he, I think Angel's who he plays, but he's the guy from Bones, too. David Borneo? Yeah, he's, he's a good guy. Yeah. Um, okay, so then, one for you again, Underworld. So, right. um, the, there are obviously vampires in Underworld. I think the most popular one is Kate Beckinsale's character, Celine. Oh, yeah. I watched these movies... Last year, I think mm-hmm. they're enjoyable. They're good movies. If if you haven't watched them, uh, I like Scott Speedman. He's in the later ones too, right? Yeah. Uh, anyways, good movies. Go ahead and talk about him. Well, I Michael loved. Sheen. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, he was Michael Sheen as Lucian, and then he was Lucian. a werewolf, though, right? He was. Oh, because then Michael Sheen is actually in Twilight too. Did you the forget that? The writer sounds like this. All right, so the writer for that, I think his name was Kevin Gravel. He was the vampire. No, excuse me. He was the werewolf. In that movie, he's the big black dude with the super deep voice. And you're like, that guy wrote this movie? Really? Yeah, I love I love stuff like that. But anyway, uh, what I loved about it is they took that, what we talked about earlier with some previous incarnations, 
the scientific oh, yeah. look mm-hmm. of how vampires and werewolves and kind of mixed it with the mythology. So it was bloodborne pathogens. It was transmitted through saliva. Yeah, it was more uh, like a zombie apocalypse, yes. right? And then it was also the underworld, quote unquote, was that there were these two super powerful beings that lived amongst humans, but they had their own societies separate from them. And this was about a clash in between them. And so I would say the first movie, we'll do a podcast on the underworld movies one day. Mm -hmm. But the first movie, to me, mind-blowing, absolutely incredible. The second one, you know, it's it's pretty good. You know, it's it's good. Still super enjoyable. And where they take it in the end, I enjoy it. Um, And then they had the prequel, which you like the prequel better. That's the one with Michael Sheen, right? Yeah. Yeah, I like that one. The Rise of the Lycans. Rise of the Lycans. Yeah, I like that one. I didn't like it better, but I liked it. Uh, and then from then on, I mean, it's kind of one of those series that the first one's the best, and then it kind of peters out I don't think I watched the, la- the most recent, right? You told me not to. I believe to. I told you not to. You did. Super disappointing. You know... Uh, and I want this series to be the best vampire werewolf series of all time. Uh, it just... It didn't, it didn't quite play out that way. The first movie, though, untouchable. You know, I will say... Um, I'm wondering, since we're talking about it, and I, I didn't have it in my notes because I couldn't find it um, like e- easily, where the whole that vampires and werewolves are mortal enemies, wh- where did that start? Do you know where that was like first? Was that like the underworld series? Because that's a big thing I see in a lot of media, you know, vampires versus werewolves. That would be good to know. We're going to have to revisit that when in a later podcast. When we do our podcast. werewolves podcast, yeah. we'll, we'll let you know because that's probably going to be next But year. you're right. They do pit them always against each other. And yeah, in I just this don't know one, where it came from. Yeah, in this one, it was like werewolves were kind of the protectors during the day while the uh, vampires slept, which I thought was a good idea. And then, of course, there was a rebellion. Well, and werewolves were the protectors in uh, Twilight, too, you know, technically. But kind of a lower caste, a slave race. And like we mentioned before, I love the noble vampire and the noble vampire, you know, and maybe not so great all all the time. I mean, vampires are probably not so great all the time. Yeah, killing people, people, having slaves, you know. What did they do right? I don't know. And then we have True Blood, which is a series of books um, by Charlene Harris about uh, Sookie Stackhouse. And then it was made into an HBO series. Um, I I have started both the, I think I read like three or four of the books and I watched maybe a season or two. Just never finished it. I mean, it, it's it's okay. Okay. I never really interacted with it, but it had um, the rogue actress. What's her name? Anna Paquin. Yeah. Right? And um, Skarsgård. Oh, yeah. And uh, Alexander Skarsgård. Alexander Skarsgård post this, he would get much more famous. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so then we have a, another personal favorite uh, binge show trash TV for me is The Vampire Diaries. Um, you know, I'm not going to say it's like A-plus television, but did I really enjoy The Vampire Diaries? And did I also watch the spinoffs, the originals? And am I now watching Legacies? Yes, um, I am. I think when it comes to, like, <laughs> romance, vampire, werewolfy stories, Dude, you, you are the target audience. I am. You are. Why wouldn't you want a vampire boyfriend? I would want 100%, as long as he wasn't going to, like, like, kill me what or about whatever. What friends? What? What about your friends? Well, you know, as long as he's romantic about it, I guess. Okay. I mean, because Vampire Diaries, like, everybody dies. But, like, I just, I mean, again, it's a CW show, so you get what you get with those, right? But, like, the Salvatore brothers, like, both are fire, you know? So, it just... Stefan and Damon, come on. In my interpretation, going back to that Klaus noble... Klaus Michelson. Almost, like, Victorian vampire. Klaus Michelson. I don't want to know what the vampires are doing when they're just, like, hanging around, going to That's why it's called the Vampire dances. Diaries. Exactly. 
I want, like, if the vampire's not doing something important, he's in his tomb and he's hibernating for a okay. hundred more years. Then you probably would have liked the originals more because, like, Klaus Michelson is that noble vampire. He's also exactly the type of fictional man that I, that I like that's, like, he's the bad guy with a soft center, you know? Yeah, but I could never get into, like, I didn't, I know, because you watched that show a lot. I never thought the actor had that look to For him. Klaus Michelson? Yeah. You're so wrong. I know. Oh, everybody will be. think I'm wrong. I'm and just actually saying. wasn't, isn't he supposed to be in something Marvel or DC or something? I don't know. I, I remember sending you something. It, Maybe. It's, it's tickling. Anyways, if you like trashy CW TV and you like vampires, the Vampire Diaries is I for you. I cannot cast stones because I watch and Arrow like and Flash. And Dobrov. Yeah, and I like Nina Dobrov, so there we go. All right, so a little more serious now. Uh, there is a season of American Horror Story, which features vampires. It's Hotel, and we have Lady Gaga as... They just call her the Countess, but she's obviously a vampire. I think she's very Bathory-influenced. Very what? Bathory-influenced. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and and she, she does a good job in that, I think. And mm-hmm. that's a pretty good season. And then we have um, Midnight Mass by Mike Flanagan. He did um, Hill House and Blind Manor. Uh, they never call them vampires. They never once say the word vampires, but that's a vampire. Yeah, I think I in that say. universe, they were like introducing the vampire idea without it being something that was embedded in the human psyche all the time mm-hmm. for us to be like, yeah, oh, we were like, oh, we know vampire. one plus one equals vampire. Yeah. You know, in, in this, it was like, oh, what would a vampire appear to if you had never heard of vampires? Before? Let's just talk about how good that show is. And if you haven't seen it, sorry, spoilers, phenomenal but show. that is a phenomenal show. It's one of Mike Flanagan's best shows. Um, the acting in that show is just a plus, 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 plus all around. Uh, amazing show. If you haven't watched it, you should good Halloween show. Tis the season. Yeah. Um, and then another one that I know is really like a big influential one is the Queen of the Damned. Um, Aaliyah was uh, played the the Queen of the Vampires, the Damned. I've never seen that movie, but uh, the imagery is supposed to be very, very good, and it's supposed to be very influential too. It is Anne Rice, and I, I think it is it technically a sequel to the vin- Interview with the Vampires. Yeah, it's in the same that. series. I don't know if it's a sequel or if it's a prequel. Yeah, I guess her series of books is called like the Vampire Chronicles or something. Yeah, what was um, the name of the Queen? Uh, Akasha, there you go. Something like that. Um, I, Ian swears we've seen it. We've I, seen it. I, I don't think I've seen that movie. I've seen the commercials because I know the imagery, she, like the way she's Aaliyah's moving her body and everything. But I think that's very iconic. But when you rewatch this movie, it does have a lot of uh, late '90s, early 2000s stink on it. There's like that kind of Matrixy vibe to yeah. it in the editing. They've got a lot of that stutter shutter stuff going on. I don't know because I've never seen it. Uh, you have. We'll, we'll talk about it after the podcast. <laughs> okay. um, now, are there any other major vampire series that you can think of that I'm missing? I'm sure there's a lot of other ones. And there's vampires, like, you know, spread here throughout things, right? Like, vampires pop up in a lot of different horror movies or, like, a lot of, you know, like, um, monster movies or whatever. But... Um, Am I missing any, like, big vampire stories? I'm sure we are. I'm sure I am. But this is just our kind of intro to vampires, and more than anything, it got us thinking about some other future podcasts that we want to do. Underworld, Castlevania, Twilight. We're going to do those in the future. Oh, really? Twilight? Okay. Absolutely. Um, Now, if I did miss something, uh, shoot us a DM on Twitter at at Geek in the Streets Podcast or on Instagram. Let me know if I missed your favorite vampire or if I missed a big one. And you know what? If you tell us, we'll include it in our 100th episode when we make our next set of corrections. There we go. Now, let's wrap it up with Ian. Um, You know, besides like, let's say besides the original Dracula, I'll leave uh, Castlevania Dracula on the table if you'd like. Who is your favorite vampire? 
My favorite vampire. Um, I'm going to have to go with... Uh, there's... Well, does he count? Because he's a dampier. Oh, I can't is, say the count, vamp- is the count yours? Because he said does oh, it count. Oh my gosh, I can't believe that happened. <laughs> uh, I would say uh, special mention to D from Vampire Hunter D, especially the second one. Uh, he's super cool. That's an anime, which we did not talk about today. I'm like, you just, I just asked you if I could write any vampires. I know, but it didn't come until you, you literally... asked me, and I started thinking, who do I really like? I'm going to have to go with uh, Alucard. It's probably my favorite vampire. Okay. Yeah. And um, unless you're saying Castlevania Lords of Shadow, then I'm going to go with Dracula. Okay. Unless you're saying... Uh, no, I'm not going to stop doing that. Who's your favorite vampire? Uh, well, you're not going to like my answer because my favorite is probably like Edward Cullen. Um, or... We have different tastes. Or the Salvatore Brothers. Uh, or I do also really like, if you're going to ask me just like standalone vampire movie, it's going to be Interview with the Vampire. Okay. At least, so for, I'm like, and he's it's, talking about like. And it's Antonio Banderas' character the most. Normal, cute guys. That, like when you're like the Salvatore brothers, it's like normal, cute guys. Uh, normal, hot guys. Hot guys. Excuse <laughs> me. Uh, well, you know, I just, I just. But again, that's that's the power of the vampire. What am I going to say? The one from Midnight Mouse who's like scary as heck looking? Oh, man. That guy's cool. <laughs> he is cool. But uh, but he's not my favorite. And what am I say? Morbius? Jared Leto's Morbius? No, right. thank you. Yeah. Um, who's your favorite vampire? Let us know. Uh, also, if you liked this or didn't like this, let us know because we're kind of kicking around the idea of doing uh, werewolves next Halloween. So if you liked it, let us know. If you didn't, you want us not to do werewolves, let us know when we're probably going to do it anyways. We're going to do it. It's yeah. happening. <laughs> so uh, we have been the spooky nerds, and now you're in the herd about vampires. And uh, happy Halloween. Check that mirror. Make sure you can see yourself. The Geek in the Streets podcast can be found on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you find your podcasts. Find us. Now.